Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. And uh, it's it's that time of the season. It's a little late, but it's time for Temple's Treasures. Bum bum bum. Uh, for those who don't know, because we are on our twelfth season after all, might have missed one or two. Uh, Temple's Treasures. We like to look at some uh, unique cards. Uh, from Magic's history, uh, basically we got a few rules. Uh, we 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 choose a we choose a type, a card type, and we choose a color. We each bring a couple cards to the table. We talk about them, so that uh, you 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 know some secret tech that you'll play, and somebody might go, "Oh, what's that?" Uh, That's what we're looking for. Yeah, got a few rules. It's got to be under two thousand decks on EDH Rec. And it's got to be first printed before 8th edition. Yes. Uh, They can have reprints after that. But if they do, that makes it, honestly, a little bit more special. Because uh, it means they're really not being played if they're still under 2,000 decks and they've been reprinted. Yeah, I mean, we picked 2,000 because we figured anything over 2,000 was something a lot of you have probably already heard of. Mm. Um, And the whole point of this is to... Tell you about cards you haven't heard of. Cards where you're looking at it, where you look at it and go, what does that do? Because that's exactly what I want your opponents to say when you play the card. Um, now, a couple things to consider. Because of that 2000 cap, there's a lot of cards from that from that era that we're not going to discuss. So, oh, for sure. Uh, a card like Desertion or Spelljack are both in, deck, are both in over 2000 decks. Um, they're both great cards. We're not saying because we're not discussing it. We're not saying you shouldn't play it, or we're not saying that it's lousy. We're just saying eh, you probably already heard of it. That's yeah, all. we like we like these these uh, these chaff type cards. These uh, niche. There there are going to be a lot of niche cases here. Yeah, uh, and we recognize that these cards are not for every deck, uh, and that's fine. Um, if you are interested in this, if you like this episode, uh, feel free to go back and watch the past ones i have a whole playlist on our youtube channel mm-hmm. um so go check that out we, first we did enchantments of every color and then we did sorceries of every color last season we did white sor- uh white instance yes uh, which we have a video of not just audio uh, and now we're talking blue instance um so uh yeah, yeah. So I figure we'll just jump right into it. I think uh, sounds good. We, we've given enough enough primer here. Yeah. I'm gonna sip on my sparkling water. Uh, my first card is Telekinesis. It's an instant Sweet. for blue blue, and it says tap target creature. I'm gonna read the uh, oracle text because on a lot of these cards, the the written text does not make any sense. So it says, tap target creature. Prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this uh, dealt by that creature this turn. It does not untap during its controller's next two untap steps. Uh, so for those newer players, it's like frost uh, counters. But, uh, yeah. or whatever they're called. Are they called frost counters? Anyway, uh, something like that. Uh, but uh, it it's also like a, like a targeted fog. It's real interesting. Yeah, it, it's like, don't get fooled by, into thinking that, oh, look, blue fog. 
this is not here for blue fog. That's that's nice. It's cute. This is uh, uh this is here to to tap down and negate their uh yes. their their what's the blight steel colossus? Um, right. Like to deal with serious single card threats. Yeah. You yeah, cuz you want you want to keep those things tapped down and out of the way and for two for their next two uh next two untap steps. That's a long time. I don't know that people really understand how long that is because you swing in, it's tapped. It's now doing no combat damage, but it's already tapped. So for that entire turn, you were it was going to be tapped anyway. But then the next two un, untaps, it stays tapped. It's That is a long time, especially if you were thinking that you were going to be able to swing once or if you were thinking that this was a card you're going to swing with turn after turn, well, you're going to need an alternative. If this was a card you were hoping was going to be available for defense. It's not. Um, by the way, this also works on Vigilance creatures. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, this is a great card. This is great for Vigilance creatures. This is great for uh, creatures that have tap abilities um, where you force them to use it the first time and then they they get... It, it's it's like... Uh, what's the, the Amonkhet? Uh, exhaust? Is that what it's called? Uh, where you like tap, like you oh, exert, can, exert. Thank you. Um, but like, it's even better. It just like for two blue yeah. mana, uh, it's it does it does quite a thing. And it you're it's a card that you're going to have in hand for a while until you find the right target. Right. Um, but I mean, it doesn't make it not use. It doesn't make it useless. Um, I almost didn't include this card because of two reasons. One. It's on the reserve list. And two, that kind of makes it expensive. It's $65 yeah. right now. Uh, so, uh, I mean, you know, uh, the proxy debate. But, you know, uh, it's in 82 decks right now. Yeah. And I think part, part of that is because of the, uh, of the reserve list. But oh, for sure. I, one more thing, because i got to throw this in. It costs two blue. You're keeping up two blue. Everybody's expecting the counter spell. You go to combat, nobody's thinking about that. All they're thinking is, oh, I better not play that combat trick because maybe maybe Andy's got the counter spell. No, Andy doesn't have a counter spell. He's just going to tap down your dude for the next two turns. Yeah. Oh, and, and you're not going to deal combat damage. So I like, yeah. I like to the, the Oracle Text uh, first line of tap target creature. So, like, you can use it whenever. Obviously, you said Vigilance makes it work. Uh, and then yeah. the next line... Follow, following it up with prevent all combat damage. So, like, you can wait. So, if, say somebody attacks your, your opponent with their Light Steel Colossus, you don't have to use it then. Like, just oh, yeah. wait until it comes for you or somebody you need help from. Uh, yeah. Or um, for, uh, oh, what are they called? For the Eldrazi with Annihilator. Oh, yeah. If well, if it well, you're the annihilator trigger is going to go off. But if it's swinging at an opponent, well, the annihilator trigger goes off. You can prevent the combat damage if you want, or you can wait until after the combat damage. But it's just this is two more turns. So even if you don't use it as a fog, uh, it's stopping the annihilator trigger from going off because you're not letting it untap at all. So yeah, great card. 
I mean, honestly, I think that this is uh, that specific scenario is just a, another thing that we always talk about where you need to kind of use use the table politics. Just just start yeah. talking. Um, our our playgroup doesn't enough do the the politics talk uh, yeah. of like, hey, let's make a deal here. Yeah, I won't, you know, and like you don't have to reveal that you have telekinesis, but you can reveal that you have something, right? Um, to deal with the thing. Oh yeah. So, what's your first card, Bruce? My first card is shoving match. Mm. Shoving match. It's uh, two and a blue, and it says until end of turn, all creatures gain tap, tap target creature. I now, love this. Yeah. Now this is a blue card. Generally speaking, the re- part of the reason why it's not in a lot of decks, it's only in 109. Blue doesn't tend to have a lot of creatures. So the handful of creatures that you have, this is all creatures, not just yours. So your opponents, you know, that guy with all the token creatures, suddenly taps five of them and taps out your, all, all of your creatures, and you are left completely vulnerable. So that's part of the, it's part of the issue. But, I mean... We're not all playing monocolor, right? Uh, blue with whatever a blue green deck running a ton of a ton of uh, token creatures. Uh, blue white again, you have a bunch mm. of token flying creature, a bunch of small flying creatures. It just if you're in a deck where you're where you can significantly outnumber your opponents with with creatures, this is you can make every you can open up the gates, um, especially on one opponent. Because yeah. if I wait until, no, if I wait until the end of my opponent's last, uh, the last opponent before me, to cast this, all creatures gain tap target creature. Okay, great. So all of my creatures then become untapped. So they're available. I can tap any one of them to tap somebody else's. But then it goes all the way around, right? So as people untap, suddenly they've got more fodder to use to swing. So you really have to be careful with how you're going to use this, but. I think in the right deck, this is this is just a bizarre. Uh, I think this is a lot of a lot of fun. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind too, this is the creatures that are on board when this spell resolves. Like yes. Um, like I'm sure that there's some sort of combo you can do with this and what is it, Intruder Alarm, where like when a creature yeah. comes into play, you'd untap everything. Yeah. But like. What I love about this card is just like the flavor of it. Like shoving match is such like a good, good name for this because like it it really is like you tap a thing to tap a target uh, to tap an opponent's creature, and then in response they tap it to tap one of your things, and then it's just like a back and forth type thing. Yes, um, and it's just that like chain of like well in response I'll tap it. Thank you very much, uh, and it's just. It, I, I love the like goofiness that can come from this um, because it just like it, there are certain moments that are going to be game changing um, and I I would love to see the like the weird interactions that come from this like for instance like the first thing I thought of was uh, having this in like a blue red like inspired deck uh, that that uh, mechanic from Theros. Okay. It's like when it becomes untapped, do a thing. Uh, like Felhide Spirit Binder, I think it was. Right. Um, where it's like when it becomes untapped, you can pay red and a one to. Um, 
And so like you can kind of get yeah. it like a turn earlier um, because you're tapping something else to tap it, even though it's got summoning sickness type of thing. It's just right. There are these the, niche cases where it will just pop off. Right. And I think that for the most part, I mean, if you're casting it, you know, on your opponent's end step or no, just before their end step, because it's until end of turn, then yes, all of your stuff could end up getting tapped down. Probably will, because you're going to want to use all of your creatures to tap uh, opponent's creatures. Um, but if you target the player who just had his turn, it's likely that they've already tapped a few creatures. You may very well be able to force them to tap out and leave them wide open for your turn, the next turn, the next turn, until yeah. they finally get to their untapped step. I, and I mean, uh, this... This, and this comes out of nowhere. Nobody's expecting this. No, and I, th I think I think this this plays better in like a sixty card deck where like you can have multiple copies. Um, yeah, I think in Commander it still can do great things, especially um, you know our favorite little keyword vigilance. Uh, you yeah. can cast this before blocks are declared and tap their blockers down. Um, if you've exactly. got vigilance creatures, it's great. Right. Um, no, that's, yeah. that's a great idea. But yeah, that shoving match, like I said, it's in 109 decks on EDH rec. And this one's a cheap one. It's only 15 cents. My next one uh, is maybe kind of lightly stacks. Um, it's uh, one in a blue. It's called Pale Moon. Uh, until end of turn, if a player, any player, taps a non-basic land for mana, it produces colorless mana instead of any other type. Uh, this will turn off five color decks pretty pretty well. Um, or any deck, really, that's over three. But it's only for a turn. So that's nice. It's crucial in those key moments um, where uh, your opponent is trying to win the game. And I guess, like, you know, the thing with this deck is then they'll just tap all their mana in response um, or tap all their, their lands that they want the colored mana from. Uh, so maybe, like, that's the, the biggest hole here. Well, but I you mean, can do it during their upkeep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is That's definitely when you're doing it. You have to do it during their upkeep because <laughs> then you shut them right down. No, I, Pale Moon is, is yet another reminder. Um, when you're picking your land for your deck, non-basic should not take up more than, I, I don't, I'm not sure how much, uh, but let's say 40% of your land, no more than 40% should be non-basic. Yeah. You want to have a lot of basics. There are so many different cards that force you to search for a basic, and Pale Moon takes that player, like you said, the five-color guy who is loaded up with duels and every other card, and just crushes them. Yeah. Admittedly, for one turn, for one turn, but for one turn, you're getting, you get nothing. Mm. That's, um, that's harsh. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's interesting too. Um, you're generally only playing this on other people's turns. Um, mm -hmm. You can use this at the beginning of your turn or like during your turn if you want to ensure 
that people like if you want to like eke out that counter spell so either this can be the counter target or if they're gonna if one of your opponents has blew up they're gonna have to float it now uh in response um so like it 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 does do that double duty um where if it's your turn and you want to use this it's great for protection but uh generally you're gonna play it on somebody's upkeep uh which maybe just turns it into them going all right pass uh i I i'm a big fan of cards that punish folks for playing too much non-basic and this comes from a guy who regularly plays too much (laughs) non-basic yeah i love my basic lands um there were a few blue instants that cared about people playing non-basics or wanted people to play more basics uh but this is the one that i chose uh it is currently in 118 decks uh which is zero percent of the 1,426,165 decks it could be in (laughs) uh great time i i kind of want to start running this card i mean i want to run all these cards but what's your next one bud siren's call Never heard of uh, it. Siren, Siren's Call is one blue mana. And oh. it is a wall of text on an old card. So I'm definitely going to read the oracle. Um, <laughs> hang in there, folks. I will get to the end. Some disturbing uh, Anson Maddox art right there, too. Yes, definitely. Uh, cast this spell only during an opponent's turn before attackers are declared. Okay. Creatures the active player controls attack this turn if able. Okay. At the beginning of the next end step. Destroy all non-wall creatures that player controls that didn't attack this turn. Ignore this effect for each creature the player didn't control continuously since the beginning of the turn. In other words, if your creatures are summoning sick and somebody plays this on you, they don't die. You get to keep them. If for any reason they aren't able, meaning you have tapped them to do something or tapped them to equip or did whatever to try and avoid having them swing... Well, they're getting destroyed. I, I like got it. A, I, I got such a kick out of this card. And I own this card. Um, I rarely ever use it in decks just because it does. It, this is not goad. They can swing at you. That's the downside. And it's a pretty big downside. When you tell somebody they have to swing, you better have a wall of creatures up to, ma- to really punish them for swinging with everything. Because they're probably going to swing it all at you. Because, well, you're the one who's doing this to them. But Siren's Call, I like, I like the card a lot. Um, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. And it's, it has uh, had several reprints. It's, uh, it's as cheap as 16 cents. So, again, not an expensive card. There's so much going on with this card uh, that, like, it's, it's fairly straightforward if you get, all, if you get through all of the reading uh it it has an answer for every case that your opponents generally will have um such as like like tapping things for mana or tapping to crew like you were saying um yeah i mean we all have ways to dodge being forced to attack you know when when your creature is goaded if you can find a way to to tap your creature so it doesn't have to swing, a lot of times you'll do that. Um, this doesn't allow that. 
this this with uh what was the one we were just talking about uh shoving match yeah is like a great little quote-unquote combo uh where like you can't like if you have enough creatures you can just it turns into a one-sided board wipe for them it's interesting i i love this card this is i honestly am this is like the first one that i'm surprised doesn't see more play um like the other ones kind of make sense now, uh, Siren's Call definitely sees more play than the other ones. Siren's Call is in 552 decks. Okay. So this isn't, it isn't as though this isn't, this is never shows up, but. Yeah. Well it's, under 2,000. It's fairly niche, for sure. Yeah. Um, I like it. So. Uh, if I played blue, I'd play it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where, where are we at with time? Um, I think we got, we got a few minutes left. We each 20, got one card left. 25. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll race through the last couple here. All right. My last one is Plagiarize for three and a blue instant until end of turn. If target player would draw a card, instead that player skips that draw and you draw a card. Uh, I like that this is an instant. I like that this isn't a creature. Like, uh, what is it? Notion Thief? Completely busted because it's on a stick. This is a one time, generally speaking, you can get it back out of the graveyard, yada, yada. Like, yes. Okay. There are ways to abuse this card. But somebody, you know, pays, you know, six or seven mana to draw X cards. You play this, and then you get to draw them. And I I think the, the big thing here is, like, this is also just another example of a card that I chose that you're going to hold on to for a long time. Uh, or... Uh, if it's nearing end game, you play this on their upkeep, and they don't even get to draw a single card. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's that's kind of nuts, honestly. Like to deny a player of their their right draw step draw. Yeah, I mean you can lock them out. Um, I look at plagiarize, and I I see it the same way you do. Um, I'm waiting for the blue player to play any spell that lets them draw more than one card or, or anybody who has, uh, you know, if you've got anything that says when this happens, draw a card. Okay, great. It's about to happen. I see. Okay. Now I'm going to just draw every time you would draw instead. Um, that's wonderful. Do keep in mind, it doesn't work if it says may. Oh yeah. If that, if that player may draw a card, they can then, choose not to, yeah. Yeah, they can just choose not to, and then you'll you won't draw. But again, if you're just looking to stop them from drawing a pile of cards, I guess that's an option as well. Mm. You don't have to draw the cards; you're preventing them from drawing it. So. Yeah, against a risk card's expertise, perfect. You know, um, definitely. And I mean, the way I look at this card is very similar to the way I look at Crafty Cutpers, where I, as I mean, as somebody who's been playing the game for five years, like, uh, this is a card that I would hold in my hand for too long. Like, I, yeah. I think I would just, like, never find the right moment. Crafty Cuppers, for those who don't know, says, uh, it's a 2-2 human pirate with flash. When it enters the battlefield, each token that would be created under an opponent's control this turn is created under your control instead. Yes. So the idea here is, like, you either steal their, like, army of 1-1s or, more realistically... Especially now, their pile of treasure. Um, yes. And uh, with with uh, 
with plagiarize, I feel like I would be like, okay, they get to draw two cards this turn. Eh, it's not worth it. Oh, they're drawing three? I don't know. Um, the, you you got to figure out your own threshold before you put it in your deck, where you're like, if if I've held this in my hand for three turns and somebody's drawing three cards, I'm going to play it, you know? Uh, well, yeah, and I would look at this. I mean, this card costs four mana. Mm. Would I pay four mana for a card that says, I draw two cards and you don't? Mm. It's a four card. It's a four card swing. So four mana doesn't sound too bad, even if it's only draw two. Now, having said that, I would do the same thing you, you just said, Andy. I, I'm, I, want, I want the big cash in. You, you I, want to really hose somebody. I want to see somebody do, you know, have I some piss card somebody off. that creates a situation where they're going to draw eight cards and I'll just play plagiarize. It's like, okay, so I'm going to draw eight or are you choosing not to draw any of these cards? It's also a great way to shut down people who start to form a loop. Oh, for and sure. The loop is reliant on them drawing that card. I, are we bad people for wanting to ruin somebody's day with this card? Like... That it just seems so like, like excellent to get that much value out of it. Well, you held plagiarized for that long. That's true. No uh, complaints. Um, love this I will card. Say, love the art. Yeah, the art's pretty crazy. Um, it's in eight hundred and twenty-six decks. Is that true? Yeah. Uh, at least that's what my last number said. So. That's what I had too. Yeah. Perfect. My last card. Uh-huh. Also four mana. It's called uh, it's it's deflection. Uh, change the target of a target spell with a single target. Counterspell targets. Ah. Every can it target counterspell, itself. Every counterspell targets. Yeah, you can change the target to itself. Okay. Um, you can uh, or change the ca- change the counterspell target to deflection. I'm not, sure, I'm not even sure if that works, but you can definitely it, yeah. change it to itself. Um, and obviously, this works for any red burn spell. I mean, that's kind of what every that's that's where your mind immediately goes when you think about this. Um, but uh, any uh, any aura, you can redirect that onto one of your creatures if you prefer, or onto somebody else's creature if it's perhaps maybe something that's not as beneficial as, as you would want it to be. Um, there are so many cards that target other cards, or so many spells that target other stuff. It happens over and over and over again. And having a card like Deflection, especially when your opponents have seen it before and they know it's floating around. Yeah. especially not know if it's in your hand, but... Especially in blue, we have we have this yeah. uh, we have this effect a lot in red, especially lately, as like post Magic Ten. Um, yeah. Um, I looked at the the rules. Uh, it can't make a spell uh, target itself, uh, but okay. you can you can have a target uh, something that will resolve first. So like you can have that counter target the deflection. Uh, so, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. Yes, you, you can. I think you need you a choose target to make... before it goes on the stack. Well, it says here, you can choose to make a spell on the stack target this spell. Oh, okay. Uh, there you go. If such a target uh, choice would be legal and had the spell been cast while the spell was on the stack. The new target for the deflected spell is not chosen until the spell until this spell resolves. 
Okay. The spell is still in the stack when new targets are selected for the spell. So. All right. There are a lot of notes and rules on this one. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this is this is a fun one. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I like it. Uh, I think it's something that can, I think it's something that can run in a lot of in a lot of blue decks. Uh, deflection is in 358 uh, decks on EDH rec, so uh, feel free to ramp that number up, yeah. up, up. Um, wow, sped right through those, uh, which you is bet. a good thing. Uh, it didn't dilly dally. No, uh, but we got some real cool cards here. Kind of makes me want to play more blue. Don't don't tell Bruce. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> man after after what was it we did muzio last week and then we had these uh or muzio a couple weeks ago uh, yeah. and then these uh blues blues on the horizon guys blues blues on the up and up it's uh it's got a, a new sheen to it now that uh people are scared of white and green right uh, but hey that's Temple's Treasures for you. You get some cool new niche cards for your decks. You get some cheap ones. You get some expensive ones. Do what yep. you want. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> what What did you find uh, to be the hardest problem here? Uh, uh, the hardest problem yeah. was... Uh, so, in the early days of Magic, mm-hmm. almost all of the instants were either counter spells or bounce spells. Yeah. return it to your hand uh, there were some variants return it to the top of your library or something along that line and it's like those those are all valid options um, but I wanted to find something a little different um, everybody runs counter spells everyone's everyone runs a bounce spell or two um, just because these are older or you know do something that's a little different Mm. Uh, I, I wanted something more than that, so uh, I found it. It was a little difficult coming up with with a handful of cards that uh, that I thought were, you know, still pretty cool, but just did something a little different. Yeah, um, yeah. it it's so interesting because, like, yeah, I, I had the same problem, and then I was like, "Is Bruce going to choose this one?" And like, generally, I try not to think about that, but, but because I knew that the pool was so small, yeah. and that's not to say that the pool of blue cards printed before 8th edition under 2,000 decks was small, but the, right. the pool that wasn't counters or bounce spells uh, was small. Well, uh, like we said at the start, I mean, I mentioned Spelljack and Desertion. Well, I mean, Arcane, Arcane Denial is another card that fits into this set, but, I mean, it's printed through the, you know, it, it's in so many yeah. decks. Because, like, I, I just did a quick count, and there's 110 cards we could have chosen from. Right. Which is not a small amount. It's just, uh, it just happens like that. Uh, yes. There, there were Either also way. a lot of cards uh, that cared about specific colors, which I think is just more of a magic, yes. like an early magic thing, rather than a specifically blue thing. Right. Um, but... You know, we've we've always come across those uh, throughout these twelve seasons, anyway. So yeah, uh, I mean, there were a couple. Uh, it's interesting because you see some of them, and then they work well together. Like you can change, 
change the text on one card from one or from one land type to another land type. Mm. Um, and then there's a card like Riptide, which is, I believe, tap all the all the islands in play. Right. Like, oh, but I'm playing blue. Mm. I'm not sure I want to be tapping all the islands, but um, if you change all of the, you know, islands into swamps and all the swamps into islands, then you're tapping all the swamps, and it's just, I don't know. I I looked at that and I thought, well, it's a little too cutesy. Um, yeah, especially for for today's day and age. Um, <laughs> and it was also a lot of uh, changing the colors of creatures to get yeah. around around protection from. Right, and we see a little less protection from than we used to, so uh, so it's not yeah. as, not as helpful. But yeah, um, yeah. If so. you if you find any of these cards helpful or exciting, let us know in the comments below because we're on YouTube, uh, or you know, shoot us an email or tweet at us or blue sky at us. Is that the verb? Uh, <laughs> uh, we got all that information uh, at the end of this. Um, past past the goodbyes uh but i think that's gonna do it for us today because uh, i am completely blued out um but we'll be back next week with a cool episode who's to say what it is who's to say uh how cool it will be because it will be cool i know that for sure because we're temple of the false pod where our decks are not optimized but our plays sure as heck are cool fun sure as heck are fun and cool. I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Have a great night. Thank you so much for listening and or watching. Uh, play some magic for me and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at Mana Burned, and I'm at Andy Weekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!